0: So welcome to the Love Fly podcast. I'm Paul Tizard, Fear of Flying Coach, and today joined by Captain Steve. And one of the questions that's come up in the private Facebook group that we run is around what actually do the pilots go through in terms of testing, retesting, particularly in the simulators. And as Captain Steve is a simulator instructor, I thought it'd be quite useful to sort of pick his brain. So welcome, Steve.
1: Hello, Paul. Hello, everyone. Nice to be back.
0: So you're you're a sim guru. I mean, you you put other people through their paces and I guess you have to go through that as well. So what sort of things do you subject these pilots to every is it's every six months, isn't it?
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. Every six months, every every pilot has to go into the simulator, including if you're an instructor and examiner.
0: So even though you're a training captain, you still have yep. to get grilled. You must surely know what they're going to throw at you. Or Is it, is it all a complete surprise?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a complete surprise, and uh, and although we do teach it and uh, and examine it, it's always you know it's a it's a test for us as well because it's um it's that uh, factor when anything's faced with you you know you you know it's a challenge and um and it has to be done to a certain degree of proficiency in order for you to pass your uh, test over two days and you'll have your license over two days yes yeah 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 so every six months every single pilot um whoever you are um you know has to go go through it and it starts from basically every single thing that is could go wrong with the airplane we experience now obviously over two days we couldn't give every single failure that is possible to an airplane but over a three-year period mm. we will experience all those subjects if you if you see what i mean what we do do every every six months without fail is we always practice some of the critical manoeuvres uh, which is losing an engine on takeoff which is at the most critical point which is just as you're lifting off so that we do is what we call skill retention so that's training the
0: kind of like standard thing you'd always do that yeah.
1: we'll always do that because you know that's a, a you know a, a manoeuvre that needs to be fine-tuned and, and it's part of your motor memory skills that you you never mm. lose
0: what, what else is on that kind of every si- it's going to be done to you every six months
1: yeah every six months so uh, we fly in low visibility you know where we can't see, uh, that's all a very um, automated uh, way of approaching things. We have to do certain types of approach. We fly instrument landing systems, which is a very accurate thing that leads us into every runway. So, but every six months we have to fly those, but we also have to fly what we call non precision approaches where we don't get all the necessary uh, indications. So, some airfields in the world don't have these um, approaches and they have mm. different approach aids in use. So we regularly practice those, which is um, fantastic for your, your skills. But yes, no, every six months. So what what it involves is all types of all the big major failures. So, for example, electrics. So we have two engines, but we have two generators on each time. We have four generators, hence all the redundancy. Amazing backup mm. uh, redundancy we have on the aeroplane. Um, so we fail a certain amount of electrics. Hydraulic systems. We have on the aeroplane most twin-engine aeroplanes now have three hydraulic systems, and we end up losing one or two of those. So you can
0: um, manage with one. So even if the other two exactly go, you can
1: still go you know, into huge. But it makes our procedures obviously for an approach that that much more difficult, and we obviously fine-tune all those those skills. Pressurisation. You know, losing the pressurisation of the cabin up at high altitude, a rapid mm-hmm. decompression. Mm-hmm. So we have to descend very rapidly in order to get down to below fourteen thousand feet so everyone can breathe normally and not be on an oxygen mask things like that we have uh, security threats bomb threats Uh, we have volcanic ash which we talked about in our last yeah uh, yeah it It sounds like
0: a right barrel of laughs (laughs) (laughs) sounds terrifying i mean it's like every nervous flyers you know whatever you've got kind of got on your list of things that you're scared about that's the stuff that you go and do isn't it by the sound of it Oh, what a joy! So this is two days every six months. Every pilot, commercial pilot, around yes. the world does this. Yep,
1: has has to do it to have their, their wow. license be done or anything. So um, yeah, actually, thinking about it, um, it is it is an opportunity for anyone who really would like to do that. That you know, you can particularly through Love you can actually hire a simulator and watch all that happen. And yeah, myself and together with Paul will, will take you through all those. And you can actually watch what happens when all these major events happen and see mm. how relaxed it is, see all the procedures in place. Yeah. And lo and behold, we end up landing safely at a designated runway of our choice. So
0: Yeah, I've seen it. I think I've been in some of the simulator training when you've, no, well, I don't think it was you who was doing it, but there's some other pilots being put through their paces. So they had engine failures on takeoff, like you said, mm. they had like, Horrible turbulence, mm. um, poor visibility. What else did they throw at them? I go around just as they yeah. come coming to land, yeah. so they couldn't they couldn't land because suddenly the runway. Uh, a pilot, another pilot dying.
1: Yes, incapacitation. Yeah. yeah.
0: What else was? What other yeah. joys did they throw at them? And the thing that sort of struck yeah. me was how calm that yes. you don't. There's like you can see this positive stress. Like you you move quickly. You're proactive. You're communicating really well. But you don't ever see they don't you I've never seen a pilot go, Oh, I don't know what to do, throw their arms up in the air. It's just right. you know, they right. just you have a there must be something about the personality type, you're just able to contain it and deal with it appropriately. It's it's quite impressive to watch. I mean, that is why we started doing these courses with some simulators, because I think if people could see that, they'd just be amazed at the because everyone imagines you're like the Hollywood movies. You're sat out there with your hats on, sweating. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling with the
1: controls. Exactly. Yeah.
0: There's none of that. None
1: it's of that, that at all. Movie, isn't it, Black and White, where he stood up and he slapped the other part in the face? <laughs> just, yeah. yeah it's, no, it's not like that.
0: Because I thought it was more like, because the guy, the Sully film, I thought that was quite well done. I don't know what you thought.
1: Absolutely, uh, totally, and normally uh, movies of that kind are, um, you know, embellished with all sorts of, you know, but that wasn't, and uh, he had a lot of input in that to me. and that just shows you, you know, and that was true to, for again, you know, he, Tom Hanks was acting solely on what the, vo- the cockpit voice recorder was, which was Sully himself,
0: mm. and that's
1: how relaxed it was when they realised that both engines uh, had gone, and again, the chances of that happening tend to the power of, 10 as it is and um i yeah. mean that how calm he is he he had to make a choice and yeah. but under pressure um, you have to remain calm and think of the and of course he chose the longest runway in the world which was the hudson river in front oh, of was him.
0: was amazing well i know that after that incident that all the pilots were put through that as a part of their sim simulator training was like you know right. you, the chance of getting those big whacking great birds down both engines Oh, no. but it's never no. happened before. Not in not in civilian. I mean, obviously in military, where they're flying weird places and low. Yeah,
1: that's right. But yeah. uh, for a civilian
0: no. aircraft, I hadn't heard of that before, and I don't think it, well, it hasn't happened before. on see the river, no. and then landing on the Hudson. So I know that that was just phenomenal the way he did that. And yet, I saw him interviewed. And he was just very, well, like all of you guys are, just very calm about it. It's just like, well, you know, just doing my yeah. job.
1: Yeah, and we, you know, we, for years we've all trained to land on on water. You know, again, it's part of the simulated training assessment. I mean, he just that's that was what was in his, you know, his professional training and his memory bank, and he he just knew what to do. Uh, but but great to, for which I say, it's it's the best advert for modern aviation to, to show you why, mm. you know, there are certain safety emergency drills that you have to watch before takeoff because there's a case in point, you know, they're landing on water and everyone had to vacate the aeroplane, which yes. does float, as everyone can now yeah. see. That's the reason why we do it, and, you know, vacate the aeroplane through it. But no, it was superbly. And- so what happens
0: then Here's the question that any nervous flyer will be thinking. What happens if you get a pilot and he or she fails the simulator?
1: Yeah, no, and uh, it does, you know, it, it rarely happens, but it does, you know, every now and again. So basically what happens is they're grounded, obviously, immediately. You, They get, uh, obviously, into a debrief of, you know, why these events. And usually there's always a reason something, you know, is, is is affecting them in, you know, whether it be externally, et cetera. So you get to the bottom of the reason Anyway, you square away the reasons and then they go back into a, a series of retraining. Now, depending on what the failure was, obviously retraining will be honed mm-hmm. in on, on that particular, maybe one exercise, maybe more than one, you know, or, or in general just to hone their skills or something else. So, yes, they will get sufficient training and it won't be just that's your lot. You have to get it will be done until they're trained to proficiency. And then once that has been assessed, uh, then they will be put up again for uh, exactly the same two-day scenario. They have to do it all again—not yes. necessarily the same stuff, but they, yeah, yeah, again. So, yeah, there's there's pressure there because obviously your license is now obviously depending upon this uh, this outcome. And generally, um, has that you know there has been second failures? There has you know it's rare. A second failure would normally lead to uh, much more in depth of. It, there's a decision there. You know, is more training required? Sometimes it will be given, or is the, you know, the horrible sort of facing reality is that actually any more training won't make a difference in this particular case, mm-hmm. and it's entirely up to the company at that time whether they'd want to carry on or not. But yeah, that that's how important is to pass these these two days every six months is because yeah. it is that that is your your license
0: well also i think i mean it's it's such a rarity those sort of things in terms of people not passing because yeah. the, every six months and plus other stuff goes on as well but this is just the, yeah. just just look at these things you're getting tested on your ability to do the job plus you yeah. have the check flights where you have pilots sat behind you and so there's always yeah. these sort of extra things in place and it's uh, we i've always said this you know if we had to go for our driving test every six months what would be the fatality rate on the road you know if we were all even if we had to do it once in our life yes you know we we don't have to do it we're allowed to drive a killing machine a car at ridiculous (laughs) speeds with no regulation check-in retraining or anything so i think that's that's i think when we think about pilots is that you getting retested all the time, and that's why your skill levels are always so high, aren't they? One yeah. last question, then. Is there any difference in the sim training for, for first officers or captains in terms of what you're expected to deliver?
1: No, the training for the, the rating on, a, on an aeroplane is exactly the same. They have to be able to handle all the same scenarios. Just the difference being there's no extra um, – there is a course for a captain, obviously, once you – obviously mm. get voted to go then of course what you're tested on is um your ability to make the right decisions because you you actually are solely responsible for the airplane as in you know making the right choice under circumstances to, to you know whether to take the airplane to a b or c mm. but as a co-pilot they're also expected to be able to to do that but they don't have the responsibility but actual maneuver wise Yes, they're trained to the same nth degree uh, in order to operate the aeroplane safely. There's no difference.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Steve, excellent. Thank you very much for that. And, uh, and uh, until the next time, I'll catch you again. Thank you very much.
1: Dude, nice to see you.
0: And like I say, if anybody's got any questions or anything like that, uh, we can. You know, Steve and I are very happy to jump on and do a little podcast about it. Stick it in the Love Fly Fear of Flying group. Facebook group and we'll gladly gladly if we can if it hasn't been answered somewhere else we would definitely definitely do a podcast so thanks again Steve